Welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast, where we believe that no matter what you've gone through in life, God is inviting you to partner with Him to take back your story. On this podcast, we have inspiring conversations with people who are doing just that. And now, your hosts, Davey Blackburn and Aubrey Sampson. Hello, welcome to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. I'm Davey. And I'm Aubrey. And once again, we're so excited that you're here. And yeah. uh, Davey, I said last week, I <laughs> I feel a little fangirly I about know. this episode. I'm trying to be chill about it. I don't <laughs> normally get chill, don't normally get super <laughs> fangirly like in general, but I, I am a big fan of our guest today. That's Blanca. Yeah. She is an American contemporary music singer, songwriter. Mm. Uh, she was at a band called Gr- the Group uh, Group, Group One, One Crew. Crew. Yeah. Um, now she's a solo artist. You may have heard her song "The Healing." She sings it with Dante Bow from Maverick mm-hmm. City Music. Yeah. Um, but her story is, uh, man, yeah. it's real things. and it's raw. Right. And when I, I I was telling you what I was excited about is this is maybe unfair of me, but I think I expected because she's she's like quote unquote Blanca. I expected it to be a little like showmanshipy. Yeah. But instead she just was she's a very I'm, real down to earth person and was real about her very, own struggles. Yeah, and I'm so yeah. grateful for that too because mm-hmm. that's what that's what we we need to hear. We need to see yeah. that like, you know, it doesn't matter what platform you're on or not, you, we're human mm-hmm. and we're yeah. trying to figure out how to follow after Jesus in the midst of crises in our life, trauma that we've experienced, like hardship. Right. And I appreciate just the way that she approached our conversation. And I've not listened to another interview with her before. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know if this was unique to our conversation yeah. or if it was something that, you know, that's just how she shows up in those situations. But I'm just grateful. I'm really grateful. Here's one thing I was thinking about, Aubrey. Um, I had never put two and two together on this, but when I was growing up, going to youth conferences and stuff. Group uh-huh. one crew was one of the headliners for multiple right. youth That's conferences right. that I went to and saw, you know, I did not until I got on this conversation with her, did not <gasps> did put two and two together like... that she was the front front woman, right? Front uh-huh. voice for yep. group one crew or one awesome. of those. And so it's just, it was cool. It was like, oh my, my childhood, like Full flashback. circle moment. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And then I also didn't want to admit that. I didn't tell her that because I didn't want you her to know You didn't tell her that? No, I didn't want her to know that I was like a middle like school me, or a high fan. schooler when you're she's... You're like a fanboy, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but be cool. Be cool. <laughs> yeah, be cool. We're both just going to be cool about it. Yeah, it was, oh, that's it was so really awesome. Good. Blanca's got a story and we touch on all of these. She's got a story of childhood trauma. You know, growing up mm-hmm. in a, a home where her father struggled with addictions um, before he came to know Christ. So there's a cool full circle within all that. She also experienced sexual abuse at a young age. She talks quite a bit about that. She lost her mom to cancer. And re- recently she's gone through a divorce. And so we touch on all of these. And so every, nearly anybody who's listening to this, you're going you're gonna to glean something from this conversation. I'm super excited for you to lean in and listen to this. So let's go ahead and, and take a listen to my conversation with Blanca. Blanca, I'm so grateful to be having this conversation with you. Thanks for joining me on the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited about this, and I'm I'm very grateful to be on it. You know, um, before we started recording, I was sharing with you a little bit of my story and the inspiration behind the Nothing Is Wasted podcast. And you know, I know that 
pain, it, it, none of us are, are immune to it, right? We all have experienced pain and suffering. And I think oftentimes in Christian world, we can look at some of the folks that are on stage platforms or, you know, people that we admire and respect and we, and we go, oh, their life must be completely impervious to pain. And yet you've walked uh, quite a pain journey yourself. And so I'm really grateful that you would spend some time with us unpacking that and sharing vulnerably uh, where where the Lord has met you in those different instances. Can you just tell us a little bit about yourself, first of all, and then we'll kind of dive back into some of the components of your story. Yes. So um, a little bit about who I am as an artist. I'll start there. Uh, I've been singing what feels like my whole life. I started in a group uh, called Group One Crew. So we met back home. I'm from Orlando, Florida, and uh, at my local church, we started kind of this hip-hop pop group out of a Bible study that was called Group One, and I was with them for quite a few years. Um, And then most recently, I went solo, uh, had a baby, and uh, now I'm just Blanca, my own artist, but I do Christian music. And yeah, I, I knew as soon as I got the kind of ask for this podcast, uh, I knew it was going to be good because I feel like a lot of my journey has had a lot of pain and a lot of losses. And um, I actually have a song called Shattered that I wrote uh, on my last record around 2017. Um, And one of the lines in the song says, nothing is wasted. So Mm. I was like, the nothing is wasted podcast. I, I know this is going to have some type of connection because that's how God works. So that's a little bit about who I am. And then we can dive into kind of my story. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. I mean, you just see that theme emerge, right? As we yeah. walk through pain and we see how God doesn't, we, we say it this way sometimes, no pain is in vain, right? Yeah. That God wants to do something out of each one of our painful experiences that though we wouldn't choose it for ourselves, he is faithful to show up in it and then turn yeah. it around into something good. What the enemy means for evil in our lives, God means for the good. A hundred percent. And I think that's so well said, like he shows up in it and, and he he's with us in it. And I think that's kind of, um, there's a fine line because even in Christianity, there's this sense of like, all things are See, and I'm going maybe a little too into it, but like are caused by God in some way, you know, like we feel like he's punishing us or like this is a lesson for us to learn. But I don't think that's truly how he works or his nature. I think it's more he turns it for good or he he uses it all for a purpose. And that's our hope. That's the beauty in in a lot of the pain is that it does uh, in some way make us stronger and then help helps us to, to relate and help others through their process. So, um, yeah. yeah. Wow. That's so good. Well, you know, here's what I'd like to do. I'd like to just kind of give a, a flyover real quick. And then when you can pull out any of the kind of big moments that you were, you know, that, that you've experienced, you've been pretty public about sharing about some of these things through your artistry and, you know, through other conversations, interviews, articles, stuff like that. But, you know, I know as a child, you experienced, your father had a, you know, an addiction before he came to know the Lord. And so, you know, you grew up kind of in that environment. Um, I know you also experienced sexual abuse at a, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Um, and then recent, well, I don't know how recently you can kind of give us the timeline of this, but you back almost back to back very closely together. You lost both of your parents. Yep. And then, and then most recently you've, you've walked through a divorce and yes. 
those are all extremely painful moments for so many different reasons. And yet here's the thing, Blanca, we have listeners who have, who have, and are experiencing each one of those right now. And so I'd, I'd love to hear, you know, and, and maybe use any of the circumstances that you've walked through, but I'd love to hear when you first started, when pain started first kind of visiting you and you're trying to sort through this, especially in Christian culture, you know, it is easy to go to this place of like, wait, is God punishing me? What's the, like, what is the reason that God is doing this in my life? But talk to me a little bit about like, how, how did, how did this pain impact you in, within Christian culture and how did Christian was, was Christian culture able to kind of speak to that or what, what was your experience with that? I think, man, um, like you said, a lot of my painful experiences started at a very young age. And so from there, you don't really know how to process it. You don't understand uh, the trauma that's involved or what really happened at that time. But then when I gave my life to the Lord at 17, I was under this understanding that in some form or in some way, um, it was going to it's like a blank slate and those things were going to disappear. And (laughs) I'm like, not going to have to deal with them anymore. But that wasn't the reality. The reality is, um, that you kind of have to face some of those, those hard places to find healing and, and, uh, God can walk you through them, but it's not necessarily like them just going away. So I think when I got involved in Christian culture, um, and that mentality, I felt that if I, one, truly showed all of my side, like all of my scars and all of these deep wounds that I was different, I wasn't going to be accepted or I was marked in some way with too much trauma <laughs> to, mm. to be understood, you know. So there's this, um, I would say there was a perception for me of like you, there can be hardship, but there's a there's a limit. You know, and some of these topics are a little bit too uncomfortable to really talk about within the church. And so like talking about sexual abuse and and those sort of things felt really hard for me as a a young kind of believer. Um, And then moving on from that, I think um, from that place, a lot of what stemmed out was then feeling like I I had to earn my Christianity in some way, or I had to work at it in order to be, um, enough. And it was just kind of this twisted story that started at, at a very young age for me. And then moving forward, dealing with grief of losing my parents, having a baby, and then my marriage being, you know, completely broken. Um, that just felt like, Oh my gosh, I don't, I'm not capable to really uh, deal with some of these things. And I don't know how to deal with some of these things. I don't think I have the, the, the strength or the awareness to be like, I've never talked about this within the church. Like it was again, a feeling of like, I'm to be divorced, to be a woman. It's like, would that even be allowed? Like, how do I move forward from this place? And a lot of those conversations throughout that time, even when people mean well, you know, it's like, just pray about it. Or maybe you, you know, there's something in you that, that you haven't given to God. And these are kind of like the outcomes of, of your 
um, bad. Yeah. You know, not behavior, but you know what I'm saying? Kind of yeah, like, like maybe where, where did you make a decision way back down the road that led yeah. you to this? Or what are you holding on to that you're not really letting, letting go of so that, you know, the Lord it can can bless you with favor. Right. That's kind of the language of the yes, colloquial yes, that ends no up way. creeping into it. But I'm trying, like I'm really, I'm bringing this to the Lord and I'm praying and I'm asking for guidance and sometimes it's fuzzy and it's not that clear. So that's kind of my battle within my Christianity, my faith walk, and then dealing with some of these traumas. But at the same time, nothing is wasted, right? And I'm so grateful for this process because I do feel that one, it checked my relationship with the Lord where I started asking myself hard questions and saying like, I'm a Christian singer who (laughs) this is like the fundamental piece of like who I say I am, but yet my faith feels so shattered and rocked in this time of grief because it doesn't have any depth, you know? And I'm like, I want a real relationship. I want to, to, to have hard conversations. I don't think God would be intimidated by these parts. And I'm angry and I am hurt and I want to talk about it, you know? So it helped me kind of face things that I had swiped under a rug for a long time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Wow. So why do you think Blanca, I mean, you've been around church culture and, 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 you know, all different facets and forms and you've been in and out of different churches and church environments and stuff in terms of like performing and, having conversations with people backstage and all that sort of deal. And, you know, why do you, why do you suppose that it is just so difficult for, for us to create an environment or for people to feel like there is an environment where these kinds of conversations can be had and where people can experience true healing? Yeah. I'm sure you've thought about like, why almost like, almost like bringing a diagnosis, like what, why, why are we struggling with this so much in, in church culture? I think a big, there's a lot of, probably a lot of reasons I'm sure, you know, that, um, has, has kind of led to that type of mentality. But I know from my experience and even for myself, what I can say, you know, from an honest introspective way would be fear. Um, Mm. I think change and things that we don't understand make us very uncomfortable and can be scary. And so um, if you mix that with feeling like a, a big thing for Christian believers, like we have to have the answer. We, we have to have kind of this like strong sense of understanding of why things are the way that they are. And so when you get into some of these conversations, they get gray and um, nuanced and just like, it becomes like a scary place to be. But I, I feel like, um, from, from where I am in my life, I think I'm okay with not knowing everything, not having all the answers. Uh, we're human, uh, like all of us within the church are, it, it's made up of yeah. kind of these broken human beings that are going through a lot. Life is not easy. So, um, finding peace and, you know, finding a place that's like away from chaos and, um, 
not to cause confusion, but more so just saying like, it's okay to have these conversations and have different uh, 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 kind of mindsets and ways that we approach it, but allowing them to, to live within our community, I think is necessary. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, it sounds like that recently you've come into a little bit of like a, a a personal crisis and saying like, wow, I didn't have the tools for some of these big moments, you know, these big painful moments, the tools to know how to sort through grief and the tools to know how to reconcile, you know, this, this season that I'm in, you know, um, as someone who has experienced divorce and being in church world. And, you know, so it sounds like, you know, you've, you've really started to lean in introspectively and go, okay, God, where are you in all of this stuff? And not just like, whitewashing it with some Bible verse or something like that. Right. But like truly, where are you? Can you kind of look back in some of these big moments of, of your life and your story and, and, and point to, okay, this is where God showed me he's with me. And this is a a level of, uh, of depth and intimacy that he brought me into that I wouldn't otherwise have experienced. Yeah. I think that is, for me, the juxtaposition of pain, like mm. every big painful moment in my life has brought the most growth and um, the most awareness to life, like just presence, because I feel like uh, for me, with my my trauma and things that I've experienced, especially as the little girl, you know, dealing with abuse and things like yeah. that. I've learned to just go numb, uh, not be present, not know that I have a voice that I can speak about, you know, certain things or stand for my up for myself. Just a lot of things that have taken root as stories in my mind. Right. Yeah. Right. So then it's like grief and, and these hard, painful moments have been like a slap in the face and, and some like to give it a a visual. It's kind of like. Oh, uh, I'm I'm here. I'm present. I feel this for so long. I've I haven't felt anything, and yeah. um, so for sure, I think my mom's um, kind of journey with cancer was really hard, and I think it was intertwined too with some of those young. Like we never talked about anything in my family. Yeah. We never dealt with finding healing from some of those things. So then when you're at, you know, a, a kind of the end of you, you know, things are kind of not looking well, right, which right. is what my mom was facing. It's like, she wants to then now talk about a lot of things. And yeah. um, I can see in her, like, I always share this story in my shows. I'm like, I remember having a conversation with my mom before she passed where she was like, I don't know what's going to happen from here. Like, I don't know what's next for me. Um, I feel like I've made so many poor choices and specifically trying to tiptoe around the fact that I, I was abused, you know, by my, my stepfather and it was my mother's boyfriend. Um, and her feeling the, the, the weight of that, the responsibility of that. And, and, you know, she's, just carrying all this guilt and heaviness. And in this moment, it's like, you know, maybe that's why I'm, I'm in this predicament and I should have done better. And why didn't I speak up? And, and I'm just like, if you can only see it from what I, how I see it, I'm like, yeah. 
it's not about you, the, the, the poor decisions you've made, but like he loves us because he loves us. Like God loves us because that's who he is and that's his nature. And, and you right now spiraling because you feel like you haven't been enough. Um, we've all fall, fallen short, right? If we really yeah. are honest with it. So that was like, I was seeing a mirror reflection in my mom of myself, you know, mm-hmm. I'm like, that's me. That's how I live my life. I'm like, I'm constantly feeling like I, I have to work at it and, I, and I'm in some way not going to be enough or not going to be lovable and not, I'm, I'm unworthy of being loved. And so that was part of my, my healing journey. It caused me to be like, God, where are you in this? Like, yeah. this doesn't feel like you. And I need you to kind of help rewire some of these things in my mind and in my heart because mm. I don't feel like they're they're the way that they should be wired. That was a really big moment for me. And then along the way, even with divorce, I mean, there's I was telling my best friend, there's days I now my divorce happened three years ago. Um, well, the process of it, like it's still fairly new. And, and there's times I step on a stage I had a show recently and I'm like leading up to a song and I'm going to share. And then I feel myself tensing up because I don't want to say that I've been divorced. You know, there's this like stigma or this feeling. But within all of those moments, I feel like I've been able to do hard work and um, do therapy and do, you know, just things that I wouldn't be open to prior, but that make me feel like even though they're hard, I'm feeling and I'm alive and I'm present and God is in it. Yeah. Wow. Hey, Nothing is Wasted family. I wanted to interrupt this conversation for a brief moment to let you know about a powerful resource that we have available for you. It's called the Pain to Purpose course. Now, I know many of you guys have heard of this, but in case you're new and you haven't heard of this, I wanted to make sure that you were in the know about this. Now, listen, if you were to ask me this one question, Davey, what's the most important nothing is wasted resource that I should engage with? I would tell you, hands down, the Pain to Purpose course is it. Thousands of people now have found tremendous healing and breakthrough in their valley by walking through this course. Now, it's emotionally and spiritually intense, but I promise you, it's well worth it. The Pain to Purpose course is an 11-video online course where I'll help you do four major things. Okay, the first one is this. I'll help you remove the debris of crisis in your life. So like trauma, tragedy, major life transition. The second thing is I'll guide you through the steps of repairing the emotional, relational, and spiritual broken pieces that were left in the wake of your trauma. Third, I'm going to lay out for you how to reestablish a firm foundation for a healthy and whole life. And finally, I'll help you discover and step into the missional and redemptive purposes God has for you out of your trauma. Over the past several years of hosting this podcast, I've noticed some things. No one's pain journey is the same. However, There are some common denominators that every pain to purpose story shares. And there are some common things that everyone who goes from tragedy to triumph have to do. 
So my team and I took those common denominators and we distilled them into an 11 video curriculum to give you the handles, or as we call them, waypoints that you'll need in order to walk through your unique pain journey. This course is essentially an entire year's worth of counseling condensed into 11 videos and a fraction of the cost of counseling. I believe counseling is, is very important to your healing journey. If the Pain to Purpose course had existed back when I lost my wife in 2015, I still would have sought counseling. But I wouldn't have had to have spent so much time or money with that counselor because I would have been light years ahead of things just from taking the Pain to Purpose course. So I'd love to invite you to begin accessing the course today. You can go to course.nothingiswasted.com to do that. Again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com. And as a little bonus, I convinced my team to let me give you a discount. So right now, for a limited time, you can get $25 off the purchase of the course by using the promo code podcast at checkout. So again, that, that promo code is podcast. Maybe the course isn't something that you need right now, but you do have an option to purchase it as a gift for someone in your life who does need it right now. So just make sure you select the gift certificate option while you're purchasing that. So again, that's course.nothingiswasted.com and use the code podcast to get $25 off. Now back to this conversation. Blanca, I just admire your, your courage to, to stand up and, you know, in those moments where everything inside of you, I'm sure is screaming, don't talk about this part of your story. Don't talk about this brokenness in front of people because who knows what they're going to think about you. I mean, my wife now, she, her first marriage ended in divorce as well. And that was when I met her, she was volunteering in the very back room of our church, the church I was pastoring. Cause she thought she was under the assumption now because of this, there's some kind of a scarlet A on my forehead and I'm not going to be able to be used by God. And she has, and she shared publicly and openly on our podcast uh, about her story, but she has wrestled with that and fought that. And I've watched her wrestle with that and fight that. And it breaks my heart too, to see that. And so I can only imagine, you know, with, with the, the, the influence in the stage the Lord has, has, has given you that that can be so difficult and such a wrestling to say, Hey, listen, like, <laughs> This is not exactly how my story, this is not how I thought my story would be, but, um, and it's not how I thought it would end, but this is, this is reality of where I'm at. And yet God is also showing up in it as well. And so, you know, I, I admire that, but also, I also can imagine it can be very difficult. And, and I, and I wonder if you can shed some light for folks who are listening to this and they're wrestling with that same thing. And they're going, I, I'm just for whatever reason, I'm feeling shame or condemnation, or I'm, I'm not proud of where I'm at in my story. Mm. How, how can I, how can I still be a testimony? How can I still share, you know, don't I have to clean myself up and get myself put back together before I like, what, so what can you, can you just kind of offer, you know, how that has been for you and, and, and where that shift is, you know, maybe provide us a, 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 a paradigm shift so that, you know, we, we too can be willing to be as courageous and vulnerable. Yes. Yes. Um, I, I want to share two things as I'm hearing you talk, there's two things that popped into mind that I'm like, these have been key helpful moments for me. Mm. One, um, no, you don't have to, th- th- that's a misconception that you have to have it all together in order to really be able to share. Cause 
it, reality is with every season that we go through comes a new challenge, comes a new uh, a brokenness to some extent of, of us having to figure out how to move forward. Right. Yeah. Um, so it's an it's a never ending process. It's a journey. It's not a destination, but it's like. We need to hear about your process. We need to hear about how God is walking with you and, and you're working through some of those things, because that's where help really uh, for me, that's like when it yeah. feels tangible. When I see somebody's process, like let's say with a weight journey, it's like I see the 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 steps and and kind of the the process of what they've had to do. It's like that's where the inspiration really comes in. Yeah. And with that, a story that um, one of my mentors said to me that I has stuck with me, or that I really like. When I think of my healing journey, this is what I think of. And I don't know if it's true. I don't know what it is. But she told me there was um, a village, right? And this man comes into this village and he uh, meets the chief. And the chief tells him, if you've come here to help us, um, you can leave. We're good. But if your liberation is my liberation and our liberation, sit down. We have much to discuss. And when I think of healing, I'm like, that's what it's about. It's not me being like, I'm healed here. You know, I have it all together yeah. and I'm good. But it's more me saying, like, if your healing is my healing, sit down. We have a lot to talk about. Mm. Like, Let's hold hands through this process. Let's keep each other kind of accountable or, or just like talk about real things, because yeah. that's where we're doing it together. Right. Yeah, that's what's necessary. So for you who's watching or you who's listening, I really believe it's you sharing kind of even in the hard moments to say, like, this was a small victory or this was really difficult for me to understand. It helps people open up their hearts and, and be able to receive whatever it is that you've gone through, but also what God has for them. Um, and the second thing uh, was I started thinking about my biggest kind of journey right now, where I find myself right now. Yeah. And with my uh, therapist or counselor, uh, a big thing that we've worked through is the story that we tell ourselves. Yeah. Um, and she told me, Blanca, sometimes the grief or the pain you experience from the actual experience itself uh, only lasts but a short time, but the emotional connection and story that you made from that experience is what you continue to replay years later and what yeah, you're dealing wow. with now. But the grief itself only lasted a moment, you know? Right. And it's so true when I look at it, um, you know, for example, with my abuse, it's like that in that moment, that pain and things that I encountered or with my divorce, the pain that I encountered in that moment and that separation was real and it happened. Yeah. But the connection, the emotional connection that I made to that event that I still tell myself to this day, you know, that I'm, I'm broken, that I'm unlovable, that, that I'm, uh, I, I can't be loved, that, that I'm in some form, uh, a lemon, like just, wow. that's where the true work has to happen is, in kind of these stories that we allow our mind to take us to. Wow. Wow. 
That's so, uh, Blanca, that's so good. You know, and I, th I think about it in terms of like, uh, my daughter just got a blister on her thumb. She was riding four wheelers over July 4th and she got a blister and she's, you know, it's, it's so painful. And that blister took place kind of, it wasn't in a moment. It was over time riding this four wheeler, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's extremely painful, but you know, that pain's going to subside. Like I'm having to tell her and teach our kids, right? This, this pain's not going to last forever. It's going to subside, you know, but, but what I've had to tell her is like, the more you keep messing with it, the longer that pain's going to be there. Mm. You need to, you need to leave it, leave it alone. Right. And, and I don't mean, let's not address our pain. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in terms of what you're saying there, that that actual grief, you know, the, the, the grief about the incident or, or the, the broken marriage or the tragedy or whatever that like, that's a momentary grief, but it's the other things, the ways that we're viewing our perspective on that grief, the stories we're making up in our head, the more we're kind of messing with it a little bit more, so to speak, right? That's where it prolongs a lot of that stuff. And that's where the Lord has to come in. We have to allow the Lord to come in and rewire he our thinking. Renew your mind. It's a, it's a daily thing, but I mean, that's so good. I feel like that's such a good example to give um, because you're, you're, what happens is maybe your daughter doesn't ever want to ride a scooter again or four-wheeler again, you know? Yeah. Because in her mind, she's told herself, every time I get on a four-wheeler, I get hurt or I'm going to yeah. get blisters. And it's like, that's the connection she's made to that incident. The blister's gone. The pain is gone. Like, it's right. it's done. <laughs> but, right. you know, that emotional connection she had can last a really long time. And, so and I think that's yeah. where the work has to really happen. Like, I know... The example my, my counselor gave, gave was like, you take this person, this person um, gets really timid in front of a class, but they have to share, you know, a, a, a verbal presentation in front of their class right. and they go up there and they freeze and people start to laugh and it becomes this traumatic yeah. experience that happened. Then the moment's gone you know, yep. the pain or the, the trauma from that moment is gone. But the story that that student now tells themselves years to come is, I don't know how to speak in front of people. I don't have anything good to say. I'm, uh, you know, like it, it's these like mm. statements of who we are, but it's not who we are. You know, like wow. when you, <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling, but I feel it's no, so, it's so it, good. I feel it's so present. Cause even now I'm like, in doing this challenge, I'm like, one of my statements that I've made with myself is that I don't know how to make good decisions. Mm -hmm. I've convinced myself that I don't, my, my decision-making is, is not good. And right. I can't trust my instincts or trust my gut, um, or my discernment. And wow. then when I, you know, if that, if that statement was completely true, like, could that really be true? It can't. That's not true. That's not fully true. The way that I make decisions with my son, the way that I've made decisions in, in certain places of my career, like right. they've been good. But what I've hold, held on to is kind of these negative places where I've dealt with yeah. hardship. You know what I mean? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, what's really fascinating to me is, you know, some of this stuff, correct me if I'm wrong, but some of the stuff, these things that you're wrestling with, this is coming out of, you know, this broken marriage where you're going, 
man, I, okay. I, I, I don't feel like I can trust my decision. Maybe I made a wrong decision back then, or maybe throughout the whole course of making this. How did I see this? How did I, yeah, exactly. But what's interesting about this is it seems like, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, the Lord's using this thing that has happened, this brokenness. He's causing you to ask some really deep questions that are painful questions because they're looking in a mirror, right? Yeah. And, and they're questions that the answer of which are, are really blurred lines. That's not, you know, you've told yourself this, but that's a lie that, right. You've told yourself, I can't trust my own instincts. Yeah. I can't trust. And that's not true. Right. But it's forcing you to go into a deeper encounter with the Lord and rewiring some things that I would assume probably come from way back in your yeah. childhood, yeah. these deeply rooted things that maybe even stem back from the abuse you experienced or the household you grew up in or the, right. But it's like the Lord is taking this brokenness now and he's using it as a thread or an invitation to bring you back to the, 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 the little girl, Bianca. Yes. And saying, let's, let's talk about some things here, some stories you've begun to tell yourself here. hundred percent. That's exactly what he's doing. It's like, let's go back. Not to relive the trauma, but to rewrite yeah. some things that you've wow. kind of written that aren't <laughs> that aren't yeah. how the story went, you know. And wow. so I think that's where true healing happens. Yeah. yeah, that's so good, man. You know, there's a there's a level at which you know you experienced grief in the conventional form of the word grief when your both of your parents passed away. You're experiencing and have experienced grief now too with this divorce, but it's a, a different type of grief. Mm. A lot of people wouldn't put that under the bucket of grief. I actually personally think it's necessary to put that under the bucket of grief. Otherwise you're not going to heal very well. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? How would you say you're experiencing grief now in a different form? And, and, and if so, what does that grief look like that maybe is different than the grief you experience in losing your parents? I think it is grief to me because it feels like a loss. You know, it, 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 you're mourning and grieving what you thought was or what it was going to be that is no longer, you know, and that can be just as difficult than grieving someone who's passed is grieving someone who's still alive, but you know, it just didn't turn out the way that you had planned. Um, so I think uh, 100%, if, I don't know if that answers your question, but I, I feel like it, it is grief to me. And how I process that is very uh, important because he's, let's say, in an instance up with my um my divorce. You know, I still, I have a son. Um, I'm still, that's still his father. So we've tried our best to maintain kind of this really healthy co-parenting relationship for the, for the sake of my son. I don't think that I would have been able to do that had I not taken the proper steps in grieving, you know, what happened in the divorce and seeing it for what it truly was rather than feeling offended and, and hurt and just bitter and whatever else, you know, it's like, um, it's all kind of this 
different process. Yeah. Yeah. But to your point, it's an, it's a necessary, um, it's necessary to approach that grief in, yeah. in a very same manner to, to wrestle it down and to, cause otherwise you do live with some kind of bitterness or mm-hmm. resentment, you know, un, unresolved, unresolved um, emotions. Yeah. That's a great yeah. word. Um, you know, I'd love for you to speak to, if you can kind of, you know, as an artist, the creative process and how that has really helped your grief mm-hmm. and your pain. Right. Um, I'm sure I know, obviously it comes out in so many of your songs that some of that pain finds its way into it. Right. But how has the actual creative process become in some ways like a therapy? Yeah. A hundred percent. I feel like, as you can tell, this is the most, who I am now is probably the most that I've ever spoken, you know, on some of these topics or, or had the courage to kind of share. Um, but music has always been an outlet for me because I don't always have the right words to articulate what I'm feeling or, or what I don't always want to talk about <laughs> kind of the experience I'm in, but through song and or through the writing process, it's almost like a journal for me where I get to release some of these uh, feelings and emotions, or I get to talk through the process of where I am. And then when I see other people connect to that, it's like therapy. It's, it's a, uh, you know, I feel seen, I feel understood. I'm, I'm like, I'm not alone in this, but we're, there's others out there like me that are processing in the same way. So uh, creatively, um, that's a lot of where my inspiration comes from is like real life and, and allowing. But then over the years, um, it's become now uh, a goal. It's become my purpose, <laughs> if I can say. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because now I'm like, oh, no, this is necessary. This isn't just good music and right. encouraging words. This is uh, breaking chains. This is creating lanes and opportunity for artists to come. Um, this is changing uh, the mentality of women within the church. Like just this, these, I'm playing a part yeah. in helping people uh, be real and vulnerable about their grief and their pain yeah. and their story. So my tiny part that I get to play in that, I, I feel like that's now the motivation. It's like, at first it was just for me to release yeah. kind of these things. And now it's like, I see kind of the bigger picture of what God is doing through it. Wow. wow. That's so good. Hey friends, I, I know that so many of you who are listening to this are currently carrying a heavy weight of pain and loss. I mean, after all, that's probably what drew you to our podcast. And here's what I know. I know when we start to process what's going on in our lives, we can often find ourselves paralyzed by the pain and not really knowing where to go from here. We even begin to, to hear or tell ourselves lies like, this is the end of your story. This will always define you. And, and trust me, I've, I've been there. But but I've also, as I've come through it, realized that those are just that, they're lies. This doesn't have to define you. This isn't the end of your story. 
With the help of others, I was able to navigate my way out of that valley. Listen, at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, we exist to help you navigate your pain and even find purpose in that pain. So if you're new to our community and you're wondering where to start, or if you've been with us for some time and you're just looking to take a next step, I want to invite you to a free webinar that I'm hosting just for you. It's called Five Steps to Taking Back Your Story No Matter What You've Gone Through. In this webinar, I'm going to share with you a little bit of my own journey of how God met me and and guided me after losing my wife, Amanda. And I'm going to teach you five critical steps that you'll have to take in order to rewrite your story. The webinar is an hour and a half long, but I promise you, it will be well worth your time because in this webinar, you're going to learn how to regain a sense of agency and begin thriving, not just surviving, but thriving in the midst of trying circumstances. I'm going to teach you why having more questions than answers is an essential part of moving forward. I'm also going to teach you how to get rid of the overwhelming negative emotions that tend to bog you down and get you stuck. We're going to talk about the one keystone decision that is proven to get you out of your pain. I'm going to teach you how to listen to the right voices when everyone seems to have an opinion on what you should do next. And listen, we're going to talk about a ton more. So if you're feeling weighed down, or paralyzed by the pain that you're experiencing, I want you to know you don't have to stay there. I would love to be your guide and show you the way back to thriving. So here's what you need to do. Go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Again, that's nothingiswasted.com slash start here to sign up for this free webinar. Or if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, just click the webinar link on the show notes of this episode. We've made it extremely easy for you to sign up, and we're offering multiple date and time options for this webinar in order to work with your calendar. So go to nothingiswasted.com slash start here. Just click the webinar link that we've included in the show notes of this episode to sign up for your spot on this webinar. I believe this one step could be the very breakthrough that you need to put you on the redemptive path that God has for you. I'm in your corner can't wait to connect with you soon. Go ahead and sign up now. Look forward to seeing you. I was thinking about that as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the irony of, you know, conventionally and historically hip hop has been a really popular um, musical genre because, and I'm talking about outside of Christian culture, because of the real raw nature of it, Mm -hmm. right? Of wrestling through some really difficult personal things as well as macro issues you yeah. know and and like the the just the uh, it, of course a lot of it diving into like being explicit but but just very raw yeah. right yeah. and that's what draws people it's like yeah you i i get that i relate to that you know and in and for so long in christian music industry you know historically that hasn't been the case but i do think that over the last several years and stuff that you're doing and other people are doing, it's beginning to emerge where it's this, Hey, let's, let's talk about the real raw issues. And at the same time, let's talk about how God is showing up in those things. Mm-hmm. And that's what elicits in all of us worship yeah. right? is when we go, man, you've been so faithful, God, you've been so faithful, even though this is the depth of the Valley that I was in, this is where you met me and you've been faithful and things aren't perfect and I'm still broken in a lot of respects, but you're, you're good and you're, yeah you're, you're faithful. And, um, and, and, and be, I, I wonder, I wonder if you can point to, you know, what are, what are the things that you, maybe some moments that you would say when I, when I start to slip into this mindset 
where I begin to believe the lies that the enemy is trying to cause me to slip into. These are the moments of faithfulness throughout my story that I point to that I remind myself of, you know, you said songwriting is kind of like a, a journal for you. Well, break open that journal a little bit and say, Hey, no, I, I have to remind myself of this moment right here. This is where God showed up in a big way for me. Can you point to a couple of those moments? Yeah. I feel like, um, one of the, the most amazing things with songwriting is sometimes let's say with, I have a song called even at my worst. Right. And that song was written right after my divorce, like uh, our separation. Like it was really fresh. Um, I was sent to go record in the studio or songs like Real Love. My mom literally just had passed away and I was due. I needed to turn in an album and I went into the studio. I had nothing to give. I'm like, I... I don't even know that I'm Christian. Like, do I believe in God? I don't know where I'm at. Everything just feels like this doesn't make sense. And writing out these very intimate, vulnerable songs, right? Mm. Uh, The beauty in that is, one, with songs like Even At My Worst, where I'm like, I was expecting you to turn your back on me, like, and just putting these human characteristics on God, like, just like everyone else, just you're disappointed. I get it. I failed you. Go. Just leave me out. I, I deserve it. Yet you're here and you're saying that I'm beautiful and I still have purpose and you're not, you know, like you, you're still yeah. pushing me through this process. When I sing those songs now, when I sing, you know, my worst now, I like, it brings me to tears because I can tangibly feel where I was when I wrote that song. You know what wow. I mean? Like what yeah. I felt in that moment that was so honest and, um, and it's like inevitable to yeah. see God's hand. Cause I'm like, I'm not that girl anymore. I'm not what I felt when I wrote this song and where I was, isn't what I feel right now. God, wow. How you've helped me through this journey. And so that's always like such an eye opening experience for me to, to share songs and almost feel like they take me back to that moment and where I was, but in, in some way bring so much like encouragement because I, I'm able to see God's hand through that process and feel it because like these words, though they feel so real and so true, aren't identifying with, with what I feel in this moment. I feel joy. I feel peace. I I feel like you brought me through that in moments where I thought I would go crazy. I'm like, if, if I lose my mom, there's no way I'm going to make this. I'm I'm not going to make it through this. And then to be able to stand on a stage and talk about losing my mom and, uh, And the grief from that, and then share a song that I wrote from that place. It's like only God wow. can, can have helped me through that process. Wow. I loved it. Just the visual of that, because it, as you said, it, it actually is like a journal, you know, and there's so many of us, you know, who do not have the giftedness to be able to sing and write songs, but we do have the ability to write down what we're going through and then to be able to look back on it and go, wow, I'm a different person. God showed up and it chronicles for us that our journey and where God showed up in our story and how things are so much different. And that, that that's such an important part of our healing journeys. And I think we miss that so many times, you know, because mm-hmm. we're just so distracted and we just kind of tend to numb and we want to escape those really yeah. difficult, raw places of emotion. And and yet I'm hearing you say that as you're leaning into that, 
even though you had nothing, you felt like you had nothing to offer and you're going into what many of us would consider our absolute worst nightmare. We have nightmares about standing on stage and having to go into a, a studio or whatever and not being prepared, not feeling like you have anything that you have to offer, right? So you're going into going, I have nothing to offer here. And yet I'm just going to let the Lord meet me in this and we're going to see what comes out of it. And in that real raw place of leaning into the, the painful emotions, now you're able to look back and go, man, I'm not the same person that I was then, God has really grown me and he's met me. And like you said, it's not that you're not, don't have other brokenness or that that you're not experiencing some new grief or hardship. You know, it's a constant journey, but those are key pivotal moments that help encourage and and, um, bring strength because you're able to see um, how far you've come. Yeah. You know, like. That's right. It's like you're able, maybe I'm not there yet, but man, I'm going to keep going in in this, Lord. Like, I know you're with me. Like, I see it, where I was and where I'm at now and where I'm headed. Like, it does paint kind of a picture of that. It reminds me so much of, of David, the shepherd boy standing in front of Goliath, right? And he said, the same God that rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will also rescue me from you. Yes. You know, and he's able to point back to these like lesser giants that Oof. God brought him through, you know, he remembered, he remembered, he was reminded of that. So that's right. That's right. Wow. Well, Blanca, thank you so much for spending time with us. Um, you know, I'd love for you to share a little bit as we close about the new song that you've just recently released, the healing, um, yes. maybe where that's where, where, what, what, what's the inspiration behind that? And, um, you know, and then of course, where we can follow along with you and, and what you're doing and, and be able to uh, tune in more to your journey. Well, I, um, the healing, even at my worst and the healing, they're, they're my latest two songs that are from my upcoming album mm. that's set to release this September. So it's called the heartbreak and the healing, um, mm. the album, uh, you hear it first here. Nobody knows that yet. Um, oh, nice. Wow. But the healing yeah. is just, uh, it's one of the songs, the title track of the album. And I think a lot of these songs were written from my divorce um, process, along with everything else that I've had to walk through, but specifically the divorce pro- process. And yeah. I wanted to write a song like we've shared in this that that talked about that process. That isn't like, I'm healed and I'm whole, God is good and everything is great, but it's like, no, like you're healing me. Like I'm in it right now. Like, and that's what I find to be so beautiful about that song that it's not like I'm, I'm healed and I'm it's done, but it's like, no, as I'm singing these words out, I, I believe that you're kind of rising up within me and giving me new strength and setting that fire, uh, you know, to burn again. And, it's in, it's in the process. It's in the middle of it, you know? That's great. Um, so yeah, I think, um, it's been beautiful to see the response and, and how people have been connecting to it. And it's just all, it's all connected. It's all like what we've been kind of discussing throughout this. It's, it's all plays a role in kind of our journeys. Well, even in that, as you're describing that, I hear echoes of the story you told us earlier, you know, of the, of the guy who said, if your healing is in my healing, yeah. then we have much to discuss. 
And I think going back to the very beginning of our conversation, my theory is that if we had more environments like that, more conversations like this, where we were opening up in the midst of our healing, in the middle of it, in the process, then perhaps more people would feel welcome into the church to unpack their brokenness. Mm. You know, for maybe it, maybe the reason that the church has not been a safe space for that historically is because people have waited to talk about their healing till after they're, they're good. Yeah. Right. Now we've got this figured out. I've put everything back together and now I'll share with you this thing yes. that you had no idea I was going through <laughs> exactly. because I hid it from you so well. Right. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately we all know that hiding can only last for so long yes. and eventually it, it gets exposed and it comes out. And so why not talk about it in the middle of it? I love right? that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Blanca, thanks so much for doing that. Thanks for talking about all of this in the middle of this. I admire your courage, um, your strength in all of this. Um, and, 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 and I'd love for us to get connected to you. So where can we follow you on, on Instagram or wherever you are? What, what, what places can we connect with yes. you? On Instagram and Facebook, I'm at Official Blanca. You can find my website at officialblanca.com. And uh, on Twitter, I believe I'm the real Blanca. But for, for those of you who do Twitter, I'm not my strongest at Twitter. I'm usually on Instagram the most. Um, but yeah, stay connected. I have new music coming, exciting things coming. So it's a fun season of for an artist like to be able to share new music because it's been a while. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much again. Thank you for being raw and real and vulnerable with us. It is definitely a gift. Thank you for creating a space to, to be raw and real. Well, as you said, it was Davey. I mean, so good. And she was so real and I appreciate her being, I I just appreciate her sharing like insecurities and pain that I think so many people can relate to. Yeah. Um, yeah, just a yeah. wonderful, wonderful spirit. Yeah. Well, I mean, nothing is wasted. We're here. Yeah. And you're here probably because on some level you want you want God to use your pain and turn it around to purpose or you you want God to use you in spite of your pain or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like you want to you want to partner with him. You want to Yeah. You want to be able to have some kind of impact on other people's lives that bring meaning to your pain. Um Maybe you hadn't thought about that. Maybe you hadn't articulated that, but I hope that something springs up inside of you as I even share that, that that is possible. And I think that's what was so encouraging about this conversation with Blanca was that, I mean, all the different things that she's gone through and yet how the Lord is using her, her voice, Mm -hmm. quite literally her voice, right? Yeah. How the Lord is using her, but how she's showing up even in the midst of like the most most recently this divorce and the questions that, that, that can arise because yeah. of that. And am I, am I qualified to be used of the mm. Lord and how do I, what does this look like? And I mean, those are such real questions, they are such real questions that so many people are asking and not a lot of people are asking publicly, right. Or talking about, so I appreciate right. that she's going there. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Such good stuff. Well, okay. So we, we're continuing to answer questions that you have and that you pose on the Mm -hmm. community platform. We want to invite you to ask those questions on the main discussion feed. Um, If you go to nothingiswasted.com slash community, you can join the community platform for free. You'll just set up a profile there and then just ask a question. 
we've had several yeah. questions that have been asked. We want to respond to those questions in, in some of these uh, segments in the podcast. And so um, you can also ask the question if you want to, if you're watching on YouTube, but we really want to encourage you to go to the community platform. So that way you can, right. other people can benefit from this as well. Yeah, People who are part right. of this community, because we're leaning into each other. We're trying to do this thing together through the power of the internet. We're trying to harness the power of the internet, what it avails <laughs> to us to be able to connect you with other people so that That's you're not right. slipping into isolation. So yeah, not doing this thing alone. Here's a big question. And I thought this was appropriate for this one, uh, mm. given what Blanca does um, for for a living. How do I worship a God who allowed so much tragedy to happen in my life? Yep. <laughs> yeah. This is similar to some of the other questions we have answered, you know, like this being part of God's plan and all that, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we've, we've wrestled with some of this, but specifically mm-hmm. I want to lean into this idea of worship. How do I worship a God? Yeah. Who, who would allow this kind of tragedy to happen in my life? Mm. And as, as you're kind of wrestling through this, Aubrey, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah. I have both witnessed firsthand in my own life and in my own tragedy and my own story and in observing other people, whether it's conversations through the podcast, whether it's just watching other people's lives, you know, someone sharing their story with me, I've witnessed this unexplainable uh, natural response that comes sometimes in the midst of senseless um, yeah. Yes. Uh, unbearable tragedy. Yeah. And that natural response being worship. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I can fully explain that. Yeah. But I know that you've heard, if you've listened to the Nothing Is Wasted podcast any amount of time, I know that you've heard other people articulate that, that there was mm-hmm. this sacred space that that happened where God met them in the middle of this tragedy that evoked yeah. and elicited some kind of, and you can't even call it a feeling, right? It was, that, that seems right. like it doesn't quite give Too credence to what, something. yeah, mm-hmm. right? It evokes mm-hmm. some kind of just something from deep within that mm-hmm. the only natural response in that is worship. This recognition yeah. that you are so out of control and yet you yeah. know the one who is not only in control, but also is able to carry you in this and make all of this right. Uh, and mm-hmm. I I don't know necessarily if there was if there's any kind of formula for that to happen no. in your life. I don't I don't think right. there is other than right. worship being a part of the muscle, you know, yeah. work that you're doing before tragedy happens, right? That that's mm-hmm. part of your life and your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I see that as a common denominator, but I do know that I've observed that in my own life and in other people's lives. That doesn't necessarily answer your question by any means, but right. I do want to say right. those two things are not mutually exclusive concepts. And I've experienced that yeah. worshiping God and, and, and him allowing this to come into your life. That is who anyways, I think what's even helpful Davey for me to hear you say that is I, because this is such a difficult question. And, and like you said, there's not, there's no formula really for for that um, to go, oh, then that means that's a work of the Holy Spirit. Mm. So I just have to like kind of say, Holy Spirit, like I don't want to worship God right mm. now. Like I'm so mad. I'm mm. so disappointed. I'm so yeah. angry. Can you, in your tenderness, 
like as Jesus is interceding for me, help me worship yeah, again or for the right. first time or whatever. And so some of it is, I mean, what Davy can't explain is some of that is a supernatural outflowing of the Holy Spirit. Is, yeah. I, I would also say along with that, sometimes like um, worship begets worship, if that makes sense. So I don't mm. want to, I'm not trying to say fake it till you make it. But what I am trying to say is like, a step towards worshiping God when you feel like you can't is to worship God when you feel like right. you can't. And right. that may mean turning on a worship song that connects with you in your grief and just starting there mm. one song a day. Yeah. Um, serving somebody in their own grief can be an act of worship too. Mm. Reading one Bible verse, like, like take these little steps and just see how, how God kind of opens your heart. Right. Um, Two things came to mind with that question, though, and I, I, you know, that's the kind of question where you want to sit with somebody for coffee and hours and yeah, like, tell me, yeah. tell me your story. Yeah. Um, because because anyone who has borne God allowing a lot of grief and suffering, just you know, you want to hear why. You want to hear what. You want to hear the question behind the question, right? And you want to hear the story yeah. because it's so so obviously so so painful. And I, you know, I'm so sorry for whoever wrote this, and I'm so sorry for the weight of the grief and the amount of loss that you're carrying. Yeah. Um. There's a, I, w- I was preaching on Zechariah a few months ago, mm. and there's Zechariah is filled with a lot of weird images, and like the guy literally has supernatural vision. So I'm not going to try right. to unpack all of Zechariah, but there is one vision in particular that stuck out to me, which is where the enemy is um, accusing both Zechariah and Joshua, like making accusations, and God says, "Be quiet." And then you never hear from Satan again. Hmm. And it's a, a profound image to me because what we recognize from it is that any work that the enemy does happens in God's court. Yeah. Like, like God either allows it or doesn't allow it. And I know that piece is hard to wrestle with. Why yeah. does God allow it? Why do, I don't know. But ultimately what we know is that that means God has authority over and yeah. sovereignty over. And, and though it may not feel good, yeah. um, God has somehow supernatural purpose in it. Right. Satan cannot do anything outside of the court or authority of God. Yeah. And so if you can't, I, I, again, we can't answer the question of why. I, I don't know how to answer it. I can't. Yeah. Um, but to have that kind of forward-looking faith that says, but, like, this sucks. Yeah. And somehow I have to believe that God is still in control and still doing something and still willing to meet me here right. as he promises he will as my Emmanuel God. Th- like those are the things you kind of have to cling to. Yeah. And that's really, I mean, ultimately that's faith, right? It's that's right. like, that's right. it's, it's in the uncertainty yeah. choosing. All right. I, yeah. I'm going to believe this story. I'm going to believe this truth mm. because what alternative do I have? Right? right. The alternative is like, uh, desolation. Yeah. Or I can believe that God is somehow, somehow making all things new and will in the end make all things new forever. Everything sad, untrue. Yeah. As Tolkien yeah. said. Yeah, that's so good. And and the and worship it 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 elicits something in us too. Like to your point, when when we get to those moments where we choose worship, mm-hmm. even though yeah. we don't feel worship, when we because what we're doing is we're placing we're we're right, we're placing God at the right place. Right, mm. we're putting him on the throne. We're putting him mm. at the place of authority that he deserves. Right, mm. he always deserves and is the only one worthy of that kind of that kind of mantle and that authority. Yeah. But we yeah. can often take him off of that in our own lives, totally. Yeah, and and put him somewhere else. 
And when yeah. we do that, our soul dries up. It becomes yeah. hollow. Mm-hmm. But when we, <laughs> so true. when we allow him to get back to that place and we go, okay. And that's what we're doing with worship. God, you are the right, you are the rightful seat at that place. Mm-hmm. Um, then our soul is satisfied. Yeah. Cause that's how we were wired. We were wired to worship. And, yeah. um, and so, you know, I think about it in terms of like Job's story that at mm-hmm. the end of his story after, like he did spend all this time like wrestling with and asking questions and, you know, God, like why, you know, and, and even in the midst of that wrestling in Job 13, he says, though you slay me, I will trust you. Right. So he's even like trying to almost trying to convince himself of this, mm-hmm. but just still wrestling and questioning. And then at the end, God gives him a picture of who sits at the throne. That's really you know, chapter 40, 41, like when God kind of speaks into this and goes, all right, Job, go ahead and, you know, what does he say? Um, uh, you know, girl, uh, um, undergird yourself or like, you know, strap, right. strap on, right. like become, here's, right. I'm about to show you something right yeah. now that it's going to be, it's going, if you were to see this uh, in your natural eyes, it would absolutely just crush you because of how big I am. Yeah. And then after he gets a picture of that, Job gets a picture of it, and he goes, I'm sorry. Yeah, Job's like, I repent. I'm, yes, I'm small and you're big. Yep. I mean, ultimately. Yep. Right. And yep. so that that right there is worship, right? Yeah. And then and then that's when Job's life begins to, like, fulfillment mm-hmm. and satisfaction and redemption starts coming into Job's life is because he yeah. kind of gets to this place where he goes, you know what? Uh, okay. All right. I trust you, Lord. I trust you. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's that's just not an easy... Yeah. I mean, again, that's not an easy thing to wrestle with because of what you said earlier, right? Why would God allow some of these things to happen? So I would just say, wrestle with God, grapple mm-hmm. with these really difficult questions. Mm-hmm. As you're asking us these questions, ask God those questions. He yep. will be faithful to show you. And I think in his own way, in a way that's personalized to you, he will bring you to that space that he brought Job to, that he brought me to, that he's brought Aubrey to, that he's brought so yep. many people that you listen to on this podcast too, where you go, all I can do is worship. And now my yeah. soul is full because of that, you know? Yeah. Good. So that's such a great question. And I wish such we again had question. an hour to answer like that, but hopefully preach, we're going to yeah. preach sermons on that. Hopefully that gives <laughs> you a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. We would love to help you on your journey in any way that we can uh, go to nothing is wasted.com. We have lots of resources there. Um, you know, the pain to purpose course, uh, you can hire a certified coach to take you through the pain to purpose course. We've got a lot of free stuff up there too. Be on the lookout for our curated pathways. I know that you've been hearing about that, but yeah. our our desire and our hope and our prayer is that we want to help you partner with God to take back your story. No matter That's what right. has been stolen from you, no matter what the enemy mm-hmm. has done in your life, no matter what you've done to partner with the enemy, right? Even as you're, mm-hmm. if you're living with regret and remorse from yeah. mistakes that you've made or sin that you've committed, we want, we believe that your story is not over. And that God has the final word of that. And that word is a, is a better word that he speaks over your Mm -hmm. life, a word of redemption and hope and a a good future. So we want to walk with you in that journey any way that we can. We also want to thank the sleeping, the sleeping at last. We want to thank (laughs) sleeping sleeping at last. last. (laughs) (laughs) Our friend for for providing all of the music for the nothing is wasted podcast. You can download and stream his music wherever you uh, download and stream your music. I also love engaging with you on social media. You can find us at Nothing Is Wasted Ministries, at Davy Blackburn, and at Obsamp. Next week, we're joined by Mandy Hale. She's a New York Times bestselling author and speaker. 
Um, she's a creator of a social move, social media movement called The Single Woman. Yeah. She's going to talk about challenges and disappointments and kind of how we move forward and all of that. So let's take a listen to part of Davy's conversation with Mandy Hale. Well, it's over a decade ago now. I was on the flip side of what was, in hindsight, an extremely unhealthy relationship. I had just gone through a pretty significant breakup that we were together for about two years. And I was in this space of, you know, being single again and a little bit heartbroken and a little bit um, uncertain about what was coming next. But at the same time, feeling, you know, strong and empowered and, hey, I walked away from this this really negative relationship that wasn't good for me. And now I kind of want to, you know, celebrate that fact. And I was, Mm. I really started looking around for anyone, anything, uh, any books, any social media platforms, any people, any, any movement whatsoever that was speaking about singleness in a positive light to sort of connect with, because that's what I do. I'm a reader. I'm, 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 I like to educate myself. I like to, anytime I'm going through something or, or entering a new season of life, I like to kind of glean all I can from other people who have walked through what I'm walking into. And it just wasn't there. 